0: Where would you be without him? Where are we going without him? What's our future look like on this earth without him? What does eternity look like without him when we step out of our bodies at any time? Because we don't know the day or the hour. What does it look like? It looks bleak and it looks dark. But with Jesus, it looks light. It looks life. It looks love with him. Thank you, God. Psalm 85. Did you wear your ears today? Amen. Are you ready? Father, I just pray for a few moments, Lord, that your word would be quickened to our heart, Lord, that it would come alive in our spirits, We lean upon you, Holy Spirit, and we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, I want God to speak to me today. Do you know that when God speaks, we come alive? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead are going to hear the voice of the Son of God, and those that hear his voice will live. When we hear his voice, we come alive. When, when Lazarus was dying, Jesus said, I am going to wake up Lazarus. The Bible said that Jesus loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha. He had a great love for them, for their family. And Jesus said, because I love them, I'm going again to Judea. I'm going because Lazarus has to hear my voice. He's going to hear it from out of the grave. He's going to hear me call him forth and he's going to live. And what a great day it was when we heard the voice of the Son of God and we turned our hearts toward him and we began to live again. God reminded me recently that we're either busy living or busy dying one or the other. I suppose there's a purgatory in the middle, maybe. There's a realm of passivity, the procrastinated state of unhappiness, maybe. I've lived there, but usually we're either busy living and following God or dying in discouragement. And God says, I want you to live. I've come today, Jesus says, so that you can hear my voice and so you can live. And you say, well, Lord, I heard your voice a long time ago. You know, I gave my heart to the Lord. God says, I want to revive you again. I want you to hear my voice, and I want you to be revived. I want you to come alive. Literally, the word revive means come alive again. I want to come alive again. I want to feel the life of God. I want to hear the voice of God. I want to know his presence, and I want to come alive on the inside. Jesus had a rebuke for the Revelation church in Revelations chapter 3. It was the church of Sardis. The italicized heading in my Bible says the dead church. You know, sometimes we can slink back into deadness, into dead works, into oldness. We can atrophy. In Hebrews, the Bible talks about us drifting away. Well, this was that church, and and it says... That to the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Hmm. You know, that's a God. That's our God. I was reading in the scriptures recently, and it just began to come alive to me. You know, Jesus came to his disciples walking on the water. That's the God that we serve. He is the God of the seven stars. He is the God of the seven spirits. He is the God who walks upon the water. He is the God that loves us and comes to us in our discouragement, in our despair, in our storms. And he comes walking on the water. Are there storms bothering you? Jesus says, I walk on top of storms. I'm walking on top of, I have authority over the things that are buffeting your life. He came walking on the water. That's our God. Can you see him? I was watching recently the the series on on YouTube, The Chosen, and and they did that scene with Jesus walking on the water. I don't know if it did any justice, but it reminded me that Jesus walks on water. This is our God with seven stars and seven spirits, and he's talking, and he says... I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. So Jesus said, listen, you're alive. This is to a church, by the way, that he's writing. He says, you've come to me. You've come to life in Christ, but you're dead. You've started to die a little bit. You've cooled off. He rebuked another church for being lukewarm. He says, I don't like lukewarm. He says, be hot or be cold, but don't be lukewarm. Be one or the other. Let me know, Jesus said there's one way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. In the grammar world, we call those definite articles. Indefinite articles would be a way, a truth, a life, among others, No, 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 no. Jesus says this is definite. Definitely. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And I want you to follow me. And I want you to be alive by my spirit. So he said, "You, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. So he says, listen, I want you to be watchful. This is a picture of prayer. God is calling back, calling us back, I want to say boldly, in 2024 to prayer. I want you to be watchful. This word is used in other parts of the New Testament, alertness. I want you to be alert. Why? Why do I want Because this is our destiny. This is our identity. This is our disposition as sons of, of God as sons of the day and not of the night. Do you know that you're a son of the day? You're a daughter of the day. You're not a daughter or a son of the night where people sleep, the Bible says, and when they get drunk. No, the Bible says we are sons and daughters of the day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But you, brethren, talking to us, are not in darkness so that the day should overtake you as a thief. So Jesus says, when I come back, I'm going to come back, and he compares himself to a thief in the night. And he says, some people are not going to be ready for my return, and I will come, metaphor, like a robber would come at night. And he said, no one is going to escape. I'm coming to everyone. But he says, there are people that are going to be in the light, And that are rejoicing at my presence. They're ready. They can see me. And then there are people that are going to be in darkness. You, and if you're following me, I'm in 1 Thessalonians 5.5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. That's who you are. That's who I am. We are sons of the light And sons of the day. Therefore, he says, don't sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. Because those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day, say that's me, me. be sober. Putting on the breastplate This is such a wonderful application. Every day, Lord, let us put on the breastplate of love and faith and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath. In other words, God says, I've scheduled a day when I'm coming back. I've got an appointment with you. I'm coming back. And when I come back, the appointment that I have with you is for life and eternity. I have not appointed you to death and wrath, but I have an appointment with you. When I come back, you are going to live with me forever in glory. I heard Lester Summerall say one time that he, he's looking forward to death. He says, That's an experience I haven't had yet. Not like he wants to die tomorrow, but he was so close to God, so convinced. So full of faith that he said, when it happens, this is going to be great. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to keep that appointment. That one's going to stay in my iPhone. I'm going to keep that on my Google calendar. That's one that I know God says I'm appointed for. Amen. So Jesus says, listen, I want you not to be dead. How do we avoid deadness? By maintaining a disposition of prayer and self-control. He says, I want you to be prayerful. I want you to be watchful. I want you to be alert. I want you to be self-controlled so that you're ready and so that you're living in life and so that you're living in the day. Did you find Psalm 85 yet? Lord, you've been favorable to your land. You've brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You've covered all their sin. You've taken away all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Restore us, O God, of our salvation and cause your anger toward us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in you. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That the glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth. And righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give us what is good. And our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him. And shall make his footsteps our pathway. Amen. God wants to revive us again. Verse 6 says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? God wants to revive our spirits, He wants them to come alive again. Notice that before the psalmist's prayer for revival, he looks back upon what God has done and he says, Lord, you've been favorable. God's favor has come upon our lives. He said, Lord, you've brought us back. The redemption that's in Christ has come into our lives. Lord, you have forgiven the iniquity. God has forgiven our sins at the cross. You've covered all of our sin. When God told me at 37 years old, that I would have died. I, know, I could tell you. How I would have died. And it would have been. A death. Through the sin that I was living in. The Bible says God covered that. He forgave that. He removed it as far as the east is from the west. He's taken it away. But I'm not, 30, I'm not 37 anymore. I'm 45. And I still need God in my life the same as when I did back then. I still need to be alive and hear his voice the same now as I did back then. I still need to keep walking with him and be energized by him and have hope in my life that I felt when I first gave my life to Christ right now as I did back then. And God wants to revive me, hallelujah, by his spirit right now as he did back then by the spirit of the living God. And God knows how I have a tendency to drift and to forget and to get into the flesh. But he's faithful if we'll call upon him. Notice the psalmist's prayer in verse four. Restore us, O God, of our salvation. A while back, I did a study on this and I saw that restoration equals repentance. How many of you remember that? It's okay. Restoration equals repentance. Some translations say, turn us back, Lord. Because God knows that the way to revival, the way to life, the way to hope, the way to everything that we need in Him is when we turn back to Him. When we set our hearts, and I'm talking about our hearts now, turning our hearts back to the Father, turning our hearts to Him in humility, will you not revive us again the bible says in psalm excuse me isaiah 57 that god will revive the spirit of the humble god revives the spirit of the contrite god revives the spirit of those that have a repentant heart and that's what he's asking for and it's interesting that he actually asks god to help him do that can we be so humble as to do that the new testament Draw our hearts to you, Lord. Draw my heart to you, Lord. Help me, Lord. I'm getting independent again, Lord. I'm getting bitter again, Lord. I'm beginning to get discouraged again, Lord. Would you please draw me to you and turn me back to you, Lord? I can't do it myself. I need your spirit to help me, Lord. Turn me back, Lord. Restore me so that I can be revived and come back to life. We had a a meeting Recently with the soccer parents in, in my son's league and the coach gave us some updates and he said, listen, we, uh, we have some money in this area for these expenses, but we're going to need some money in another area because it's now procedure and rules for every uh, place where games take place to have an AED. How many know what an AED is, right? But that thing has the ability to shock a human body and reset the heart. It has the ability to bring someone back. You have to set that. I, I was CPR trained once. You have to set them in the right place. And you better stand back when that thing when you press the button on that thing, because there is a charge of power, there is a volt of electricity that runs across the sternum and it shocks the heart and it begins to beat again. We have to have that thing on hand in our midst. God says, I want you to be revived. I want you to be full of life. I want you to have the life of God coursing through your veins. I want it on hand in the sanctuary so that when people come in from out in the world, I want them to be revived. I want that. There's nothing more exciting than seeing someone, their heart just break down before the presence of God and to call out to God for mercy and to see them restored and to see them revived and to see them have hope in their life. We have been given the ability to do that in Jesus' name. We have been given the responsibility to do that in Jesus' name. This is why we're here to do that. Say, well, God, I need to get fed. Yeah, get fed and then feed others. That's what I want you to do. And there's nothing that's going to bring us more fulfillment than bringing revival life to the dead that are around us. But God says, I'm calling you today to be revived yourself. I'm calling you today to drink again. I'm calling you to come to the well and get filled so you can fill. I want you to come alive again. In Ezekiel 37, God brought the prophet before a graveyard, before a valley. You know we live in a valley. Did you know that? Maybe that's why the weather is so poor all the time. But the valley is a picture of despair. The valley is a picture of discouragement. And God brought Ezekiel in the spirit over a valley. And he said, I want you to look. And I want you to see that there are many dry, dead bones. Many. Many are slain. Many are dead. And and this is what they say about themselves. He said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Notice the whole house. They indeed say of themselves... Our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. This is a picture of discouragement. This is self assessment of the bones. I feel lost. I feel like I don't have hope. I feel like I'm cut off from God. You know that you can be a church and you could be a Christian in church and be a Christian and feel that way, that the enemy can wreak oppression and havoc in your life, that things can happen, and you can get so discouraged that you feel that way. Notice God asked him, "Can these bones live?" I love when God asks questions he knows the answer to. And the answer is a resounding yes. And God told Ezekiel, listen, we're going to do something about this. And Ezekiel was probably saying, okay, God, good Lord, send revival. I'll sit here and watch. He said, no, I want to use you to prophesy to the bones. I want to use your voice to prophesy to the bones. I want to use your voice with my word on your lips. And I want you to speak life to the dead things in that valley. I want you to speak life to the dead things. And when you do that, the breath. How many want the spirit of God in our midst? How many want the spirit of God to flow and course through our lives? Amen. Well, God told Ezekiel, when you prophesy in my name the word of God to the things that are dead, Breath comes into those bones. Life comes into those bones. And then they stand up. That is a picture of resurrection life through Jesus Christ. Resurrection literally means stand up. And God's called us to stand up in the face of the things that are discouraging us. God's called us to come to life and come to grips with the things that are coming against us. God's called us to open our mouths and to prophesy to the deadness and to see it come to life in Jesus' name. You are going to live and declare the works of the Lord. I will not die. I'm not going to die. I'm just going to get real to you. I don't care. I'm not going to die. I feel like you might want to tell the devil that. I'm not going to die. I'm not going away. I'm not going to die. Psalm 116, I've got a chapter in verse 4. But I'm going to live and I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. My children are not going to die, devil, by the way. They're going to live and they're going to declare the works of the Lord. That loved one's going to live. They're going to declare the works of the Lord. How can you boast of such things? Because God says, when my word hits a human life, it lives. It's quickened. <laughs> that's what the King James says. Quickened. You get that's that A D power coming into you by the Spirit of God. So, well, that's just great. I think so. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, Psalm 138, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The right hand of God is Jesus, the Son of God, and he has come to save. Hallelujah. When Peter was out there walking on that water, doing the best that he could his faith began to fail and he began to sink and Jesus reached down and he grabbed him and he saved him. (laughs) You say, God, I'm trying. God says, I know you're trying. Don't you worry. Just keep coming after me. Just keep coming. Just keep asking me to step out of that water. Just keep coming and if you fall, I'll lift you up. You're gonna live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Ezekiel, can these bones live? Prophesy to these bones. And something began to happen to these dead bones. The, the sinews started to come together. There was, all of a sudden, there was flesh on these bones. How I mean, that's the good stuff. That's the real good stuff. And God, listen, God says, when you begin to prophesy, when I begin- the word of God comes, life comes, You come alive. Things start coming together. Things are going to start coming together in our lives. We're coming together as a church, hallelujah. Families are coming together, hallelujah. Things are coming together in your personal life. Things are coming together in your mind. Things are coming together in your emotions. Things are coming together because the Word of God is coming to revive you and you're going to live. Things are going to start working out because we are going to live by the Spirit of God. So, what am I saying to you today? God wants us to live. He wants to revive us back to life. Jesus says, I am the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Martha thought it's an event. She said, Lord, Lazarus is dead. You know, Jesus don't worry, I'm here. And God says, don't worry, I'm here. All you need to do is turn back to me. Just call upon my name. Just reach out to me, cry out to me. You know, the Bible says in the book of Jonah, quickly, that when Jonah was in the belly of that great fish, that he went down to the depths, the moorings, the Bible says, of the mountains, the moorings of the mountains, Somehow that whale was commanded by God to bring Jonah all the way down. If you've ever watched planet Earth, you know that there are areas of the ocean that go deep, deep down into the earth. And Jesus was in the bowels, the very belly of of the earth for us, for you, and for me. And Jonah was barred in. He was walled in. There was nothing he could do. He knew he disobeyed God. He knew he turned away from God. He knew he looked at those Ninevites and said, God, I don't have any compassion on them. I hope they all die and go to hell. I don't want to serve you, God. I'm going to Tarshish. There's a party there. Billy Joel said it. Only the good die young. I'm gone. He ended up in the belly of that fish. You can't run. We can't run from God. God says, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? You go down to the depths of the sea. I'm there. And he was walled in. And he began to cry out to God. He began to cry out to God from the very bottom of the earth, in the pit of the earth, from the belly of that fish. And God heard him. And God brought him up. And he raised him up. And he revived him. And he spit him out in that dry land so that he could serve him. And God is going to send us forth so that we could serve him. But just in closing, I just, I feel like God says this year, this is the time to pray. This is the time, watch, if we want to be revived, we have to humble ourselves. If we want to be revived, this is the year when we humble ourselves. Humble. Humble through fasting and prayer. Through fasting and prayer. Oh God, draw our hearts to you. Restore us. Turn us back to you, Lord. Give us faith so that we could pray, so that we could put the flesh where it belongs, so that we can turn to you, God, so that we could be watchful, so that we could be alert, so that we could come alive again, so that we might praise you, Lord. Lord, bring us to life that we might praise you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.